Brought to you by Texas Quality Management. <laughs> All right, we need to redo that. You had to get our own company name right. I know. Sorry. I like to know yeah. you can do that because I may need a redo too. Oh yes, yeah, that's why. But you I used to paper. have it written out in front of me, and I lost my little paper that I had it written on. And so, anyways. Hey, every okay. oh. hey, everyone. Welcome back to Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And I kind of let Kyle take the reins on this episode. So you're going to introduce who we're talking to and cool. what we're talking about. So we're doing actually a small series of uh, podcast episodes. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Actually, a small series of uh, podcast episodes here with API. So. Probably half of our customers have an API certification or monogram of some sort. So we thought it'd be really interesting to learn a little bit more about API and what it is you'll do and how you get everything there. So our first guest in well, this... Well, I have to stop you before you even go. API is the American Petroleum Institute. Yes. And I kind of... It's likened to ISO. Yes. But they have different standards for different things. Yes. Okay. You got it. <laughs> the 20,000 foot view. So today we have uh, Anshul uh, Ladar on. She's the uh, Vice President of Business Services at API. And we just love to learn a little bit more about what it is you do and your role in um, the overview of these standards. Sure. Okay, well, thank you both for having me here. I'm excited to kind of explain what the American Petroleum Institute does, API. Um, so let me just kind of give a brief history of myself. Um, I am the um, acting head of the Global Industry Services Division. Um, before this role, I was the vice president, as you introduced me, of Global Industry Services um, Business Services Department, which really oversees the communications and marketing, global business development, and really like GIS is technical services. So, you know, I think of it as like shared services and everything we do to support our business and programs. Um, it's important to know that we are global. I like to say that we have offices in Beijing, Dubai, Rio, and Houston. Um, so that's a little bit of a history of, of me. Um, would you like me to kind of go into like a brief history of API as well today, just high level? I think a little bit would be useful because, again, I think most of the folks listening to this really don't know much about what it is you guys do. And what little I know, I'm just overwhelmed at how many areas <laughs> you're involved in and, and the vast reach. I'll start with API and then I'll dive into GIS. So. API um, really represents like all segments of the um, national gas and oil industry, um, you know, which we like to say it supports more than um, 11 million U.S. jobs. Um, we have about 600 member companies um, that, you know, produce, process, distribute um, the majority of our nation's energy, which is really important to, for all of us. <laughs> um, and um, you know, they really participate in a program called the API Energy um, Excellence Program, which essentially is just a framework um, with an aim to really accelerate, 
environmental and safety progress, um, you know, with a transparent reporting pro uh, process. Um, you know, we obviously advocate on the on the behalf of our members, but we're global industry services. And again, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Sorry. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So GIS, um, you know, which is under the API umbrella, um, again, Global Industry Services, our job here is to really promote safety, environmental protection, sustainability globally um, by setting standards. Um, we administer different certifications, trainings, and safety programs to these standards. So, you know, GIS works, um, you know, with leading industry subject matter experts who volunteer their time. So this is this is how we do it. We got to say thank you to all of our volunteers um, to, you know, to they they really spend a lot of time, their expertise to develop and maintain um, our suite of about 700 standards that we have out there um, and recommended practices. Um, these standards and recommended the 700 standards you mentioned, is that just for the GIS division or is that API total? Yeah. So GIS, we write standards for the whole industry. So okay. it is under the Global Industry Services Division where the standard setting part of the organization, just if you think about organizationally sits, but it's for everyone. Okay. okay. Within the natural gas and oil industry. Right. Um, <laughs> So these standards and recommended practices, you know, what they do is they really cover um, technical equipment specification. They, um, you know, they're, of course, safety standards, um, best practices, um, you know, and again, it, it supports our overall mission, which is really, you know, to support safe, sustainable operations across all segments of our industry. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I can I can go into a little bit deeper of our of our volunteers um, and how how they're um, how we, uh, you know, kind yeah, of yeah. like, OK, that sure. Is, that would kind of be of interest because it's uh, again like a, on the, uh, you know, ISO tag TC 176 committee. It's the same thing. It's, it's made up of tons of volunteers yeah. who yeah. join in, chime in, give their input on these things, different votes on it and so forth. But really i know next to nothing about uh about the equivalent on the api side so i'd love to learn a little bit more about that okay so with that um our volunteers consist of you know seasoned technical experts um that come from of course in these natural gas and oil companies um they can come from manufacturers and suppliers we have contractors we have consultants that participate um you know representatives of the government ngos academic institutions and i can go on and on yeah um you know, we really have about, what is it, about 9,000 um, subject matter experts from over 2,200, approximately, <laughs> 2,200 <laughs> um, organizations um, active on these API Standards Committee, and just like the one you referenced. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then, you know, it's important to note here that, you know, our standards are created and built using a consensus-based process. Um, I can't emphasize the consensus enough. Um, and are accredited by what we call the ANSI process, or ANSI, which is the American National um, Standards Institute. Um, and what, what that really means is, is that ANSI's accreditation requires that standards develop, um, developing organizations cover really four primary principles. And that has to do with, um, you know, openness, balance, consensus and due process. 
Um, so I can spend a little bit of time on each one um, to kind of explain to the audience what, what that means. Um, I kind of want to go back to the volunteers first. How yeah. often do they meet and how often are you getting input from them? It depends. It depends on the standard, right? And it depends on the subcommittee and, and you know, kind of what's happening. There's definitely certain standards um, that come and they meet, you know, they can meet uh, very frequently depending on what what's, you know, if the standard's going to be, um, you know, there's like a new edition that's being worked on. Um, but typically these standards are up um, for reconfirmation, I guess is the right word, or to, to publish like a new one or a new edition every five years. Okay. okay. Now, you pointed out something here that I always, uh, you know, if, I think maybe the general public doesn't, isn't always aware of, is how deeply involved almost everyone in the oil and gas industry is in safety and environmental management. And so I think a lot of folks that are outsiders to the industry may be surprised to hear that that's something y'all are so involved in. Can you give a little bit more detail about what it is y'all are doing to support safety and, you know, environmental programs? Yeah, I mean, our whole goal is to create these standards for best practices, um, which really leads me to, you know, what the GIS is all about. Like, not only do we publish these standards and these these best practices, um, you know, there's so many with 700 standards being out there, um, things to do with like cybersecurity, um, you know, but what we do is we also um, develop programs to make sure that we have the best in class um, or to, to, to operationalize these is, is, is what I'm trying to get at here. Um, you know, it's, it's important to note that, um, you know, our mission is not only to put these standards out, but to really, how do we operationalize these so that, you know, we have different programs such as like ICP, um, which is just, you know, uh, providing a certification for inspectors to go out there and, and get jobs. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but <laughs> no, a little bit. Yeah, because it's, it's more than just the lofty management system requirements. Right. But really getting into the granular. How do we actually implement um, these processes? Cor correct. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not sure that <laughs> I'm answering no. your question or I'm missing no, it. No, it, it it's, it's good. It's good. So tell me, I guess, um, what are some of the I guess you know, in the last couple of years, obviously, this whole ESG mentality has uh, has come much more to the forefront, I guess, in the public mind than everyone else. Um, so, you know, you talk about different reporting strategies and operations. You know, what are some things that um, other small businesses and small providers could do to take a look at if they're getting pressure to show what they're doing for safety and environmental compliance? Um, you know, I, I think most of uh, the folks that we work with are pretty familiar with some of the technical equipment requirements, you know, the monogram processes. I think everyone's aware of that. But what are some resources and options that they would have to make improvements to their safety and environmental compliance? So um, do, I, do you want me to I can get into some of the monogram and, and QR pieces of it, which I think we're going to we're going to touch upon. Um, do you want me to describe a little bit about the, the program before I? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so I'll just back up a little bit. You know, API was actually founded in order to develop these standards, but we also need to operationalize them, like I was mentioning. And so our flagship program, which is really this API monogram program, it's a voluntary licensing program that facilitates the consistent manufacturing of a specific product 
that conforms to an applicable API standard. I know that's a that's a that's a mouthful, so I want to make sure that that well, I understand it. Time. Like so, like uh, if someone's doing you know uh, vowels or Christmas trees or whatever it is, there's a monogram that they can do that shows the technical requirements of that product for the manufacturer. But they're also probably going to have that in conjunction with say their Q1 uh, management system. Exactly. So the way I like to describe it is, you know, a company who manufactures, like, let's say, um, an offshore crane um, to an API standard would be certified by the monogram program, demonstrating to potential customers that they meet all technical requirements for that standard to that for that specific product. Um, like for this scenario, um, you know, the manufacturer would be following an, you know, an API technical specification as well as API spec Q1 for their quality management system. Um API Spec Q1 will, you know, covers the processes and the procedures um, that are in place to ensure that the company performs manufacturing activ- activities um, consistently over time. Um, and then, you know, I re- kind of, since you guys are familiar with the ISO piece of it, Q1 exceeds those requirements of ISO 9001 by including additional requirements, um, you know, that are geared specifically for our industry. And that's kind of how I've uh, described it to folks before. Like, well, what's the difference in 9001 and Q1? Like, well, Q1 takes everything 9001 has plus some extra thou shalt included into it. <laughs> exactly. Sure. That's <laughs> a good way. And then, you know, I, I know we're going to be touching upon this a little bit later, but, you know, while Q1 is geared towards manufacturing, it's important to talk about API spec Q2, which is the first international quality management system standard for um um, exploration and production for service providers. And I think this is where we get into like the safety pieces of it. Um, you know, really it, it's compliant registered organizations um, will have a QMS that controls all operation or operational processes, um, you know, so that you get um, consistent results. Um, you manage change effectively, um, continue continually improve maintenance and et cetera, et cetera, to increase customer satisfaction. What you got? No? No? Okay. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to all this. <laughs> it's a lot to absorb for those not in the yeah, business. <laughs> th- this is this is true. So, you know, with over 700 different uh, standards and operating in so many different areas, you know, what's that mean for your day-to-day life and, and, and job? You know, I, I don't imagine that you're constantly checking on the status of all these 700 standards and the meetings and so forth. So what's that actually mean for you going forward? You know, what, what's your day look like? What does my day look like? My day is different every day, which is why I love my job. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I think what we do is so important, um, you know, for, you know, making sure that everyone is safe coming home at night. I know it's so easily said, but it's not, you, you've got to really, again, it's all about the operationalizing to ensure that we put products out there, standards out there um, for safety. And that's, that's what, you know, I love about this, but on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, we are consistently keeping up with everything that's going on, making sure that, you know, this year, um, you know, the cybersecurity standards, like these are things that are at the forefront for everyone in all industries. But, you know, how do we help and get in front of that being proactive um, about offering, um, you know, uh requirements, specifications to help our members and everyone out there to to do their job, um, you know, and, and offer best practices out there to, to help them every day. Um, 
my day-to-day is different. Um, we have so many programs that, that we offer, um, but we're always trying to be, again, and I use the word proactive in getting, um, you know, different programs out there, making sure that we're, that we're hitting the, the, um, the issues at hand that, that our members are dealing with and, and well, beyond. You, you mentioned cybersecurity there. So tell me, how, how long does it take from someone basically raising a red flag of, hey, maybe we need to do something about this to actually getting the standard in place? What I know I'm asking overly simple. Yeah, and it's, it's a great question, you know, and it's important to know what goes into these standards, right? It's 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 hard to say, hey, it takes us X amount of time. You know, it's not it's it, speed obviously matters for some issues. And we're very, you know, we, we realize that. But it's important to make sure that you're getting the right specification, the right requirements out there. Um, so, you know, we've you know, it's it's a little bit up and down. It depends on the issue. And I'm sorry, it's like probably a consultant answer, but you know, <laughs> that's probably the best that I could give you because it depends on the thing. And, and again, with volunteers, you know, we have to make sure that um, we have the right set of people volunteering their time. And sometimes, you know, it, it depends on that as well. But if there's a, a true issue at hand, um, you believe it. Like we have people that are participating actively and meeting more regularly. I think that was one of the questions you asked earlier to make sure that we are putting things in place as fast as possible. Gotcha. So I, you know, I can't leave without a range. It's just the way my brain works. Sorry, are we talking like six months to a year, a year to two years? So we've had standards that have been developed in under a year and we've had standards that have taken a couple of years. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, it just depends. So it's a range. No, that, I mean, that's fairly, uh, fairly responsive. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering how, how quickly things come in and change. Um, so again, like I said, probably most of our audience and, and our customer base as a company is, is small business. We're talking about typically folks less than 200, if not less than 100 employees. So what are maybe some resources that you know of that are available with API that they can go take a look at some things maybe we could leave uh, some links in the show notes to to find out you know what you've got available to help them provide a better quality product to stay safe and to, to have better relationships with their customers and god willing more profitability in this new year yeah so i would definitely point them to our website um you know i would definitely um you know there we have a site out there that talks about the different programs i cannot tell you the exact link off the top but i'd be happy to provide that but api.org <laughs> um, and i think that you know of course i would be happy to you know for anyone to reach out to myself and um you know depending on which program that they are interested in today i know we concentrated on the the monogram and qr program but um you know for small businesses you know we want to help them be best in class um and so um you know i would say go to the website reach out or reach out to myself and i'd be happy to provide any additional information or, or help in any way no, awesome. Okay. Awesome. You That's got anything great. else, Darcy? I don't. Thank you for your time. No, very much. I mean, I think this is uh, this is all exciting and interesting stuff. Again, it's um it's a perspective of the uh, the industry we're in that I guess a lot of folks don't uh, don't always get. Usually, the the most experience they have is us coming in, telling them what uh, processes they need to put in place, and getting ready to uh, for the auditor to come in, mm-hmm. and they don't often get too uh, too much involved beyond that. Good. I'm, I'm happy I could help. And, and thank you both. This is my first podcast, so I really appreciate <laughs> you both. Well, hey, if you have a uh, topic or something that uh, you're passionate about, want to chat about again in the future, definitely uh, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to uh, love talk to you again. Most definitely. Awesome. Thank Take you. care. Thank you both. It. 
Hey, this is Kyle with Texas Quality Assurance. Thank you again so much for checking out the Quality Matters podcast. We absolutely love putting this out and love the feedback we get from you guys. So please take a moment to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a line on LinkedIn. We absolutely love hearing from you every chance we get.